0: Hello, this is Saidu Zaman from newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 27th of February. Sporadic violence was reported in certain areas as Nagaland and Meghalaya went to polls today. Meghalaya recorded 63.91% voter turnout, while Nagaland saw 72.99% voters turn up to exercise their right to franchise by 3 p.m. The final turnout was not clear at the time of recording. The BJP is part of the governing alliance in both the states. The BJP is contesting the Nagaland election in alliance with the Nationalist Democratic Progressive Party, while in Meghalaya they are going at it alone after a rift with Conrad Sangma's National People's Party. The results will be out on 2nd of March. Nagaland and Meghalaya have 60 seats, but only 59 are up for polls. In Meghalaya, the election for the Soyong seat has been postponed, due to the death of former Home Minister and UDP candidate Hdr Lingdo. The Akuloto seat of Nagaland's Zunhe Boto district already has a BJP legislator after his Congress rival withdrew from the race. Triangular contests are expected in 59 of Nagaland's 60 seats. The NDPP is contesting 40 seats while BJP candidates are in the fray in 20. Meanwhile in Meghalaya, Congress, BJP, NPP and Trinamool Congress are among the main contenders. Arunachal Pradesh, Jharkhand, West Bengal and Tamil Nadu held assembly by-polls for one constituency each on Monday. In Tamil Nadu, voting took place in Erode East constituency, which was vacated with the death of Congress MLA Tirumohan Evara. His father, EVKS Ilangovan, is contesting the polls as a Congress candidate for the DMK-led Secular Progressive Alliance. The seat recorded a turnout of 59.22% till 3 p.m. Meanwhile, in Jharkhand, a bipole was held in the Ramgarh constituency due to the disqualification of Congress leader Mamata Devi following her conviction in a criminal case. In West Bengal's Sagar Degi constituency in Murshidabad, the death of TMC MLA Subrata Saha necessitated a bipole. And in Arunachal Pradesh, the Lumla seat was left vacant with the death of BJP MLA Jambe Tashi. A day after Delhi Deputy Chief Minister Manish Sisodia was arrested by the CBI in Delhi Excise Policy case, a Delhi court granted the probe agency five-day custody of the Ahmadni party leader. The CBI has alleged that the minister was evasive during questioning on Sunday night. Sisodia, who oversees 18 departments in the Delhi government, is the second cabinet minister to be detained by a federal agency. Satyandr Jain former health minister was taken into custody by the Enforcement Directorate in May on suspicion of money laundering. Meanwhile, workers and supporters of the Ahmadni party took to the streets in several cities against the arrest. In Delhi, party workers tried to march towards the BJP office at DDU Marg, but police stopped them by deploying its personnel and erecting barricades. Many Ahmadni party leaders, including Delhi minister Gopal Rai, MP Sanjay Singh and others, were detained on Sunday night while staging a demonstration outside the CBI headquarters in Delhi. According to Ahmadni Party leaders, they were released on Monday morning. Ahmadni Party's chief spokesperson, Saurabh Bhardwaj, described the arrest as a dangerous trend. The CBI charged Sisodia and 14 other people in August with violating the new excise regulations liquor policy, which has since been scrapped. Yet, Sisodia is not named in the CBI charge sheet. Listeners, my colleague Shiv Narayan Rajpur recently did a story on the woes of the foreign correspondents in India, titled, Threats, No Access, Shorter Visas. Three surveys reveal the woes of foreign correspondents in India. The report looks at three surveys which highlight the struggles foreign correspondents face, the difficulty they have getting permits to visit restricted and protected areas, and how it's only getting harder. We have been able to bring you such reports because we are funded by you. And not by corporations or the government. Your support is all we ask for. If you aren't a subscriber already, become one today. Subscribe to newslawny.com and pay to keep news free. Our subscription starts at only 300 rupees a month. The Supreme Court today dismissed a PIL seeking to rename roads and places named after alleged foreign invaders, PTI reported. While dismissing the PIL, the Supreme Court observed that India cannot remain a prisoner of the past, and added that the history of a nation cannot haunt the present and future generations of a nation. The PIL was being heard by a bench of justices K.M. Joseph and B.V. Nagaratna. Ashwini Upadhyay, who had filed the PIL, argued that despite the country having been independent for 75 years, several areas and roads were still named after those who he termed as barbarians. He pleaded with the court to issue directions to protect what he said was the dignity and right to Hindu culture and religion. However, Justice Nagratna told Upadhyaya to not belittle Hinduism and said that it is a way of life where there is no room for bigotry. They countered Upadhyaya's claim that Hindus had been wiped out and reduced to a minority over the years in nine states. Justice Joseph said that the purpose of the petition was to point fingers at a certain religious community and keep the country on the boil. The Delhi High Court today upheld the constitution validity of the Agnipath scheme for short-term recruitment of youths into the armed forces, Live Law reported. The division bench of Chief Justice Satish Chandra Sharma and Justice Subramaniam Prasad dismissed a batch of petitions challenging the center's scheme and seeking reinstatement of previous programs. The Delhi High Court had reserved its judgment on petitions concerning the recruitment processes in December last year. The Agnipath system, which had been introduced in June, was being contested through a number of petitions before the High Court, among them the Supreme Court had transferred three petitions in July, asking the High Court to expedite the proceedings. The Agnipath scheme, which outlines guidelines for enlisting in the armed forces, was announced in June last year. According to the initial scheme, 46,000 soldiers between the ages of 17 and a half and 21 will be hired into the three services for a period of four years on a short-term contractual basis. The government later raised the maximum age to 23. Only 25% of the chosen individuals will be given permanent jobs after this time. Following the introduction of the plan, widespread protests took place across several areas of the country, with aspirants demanding permanent recruitment with pension benefits. Political turmoil is brewing in Nepal The Communist Party of Nepal, Unified Marxist-Leninist, led by former Nepalese Prime Minister K.P. Sharma Oli, today decided to withdraw its support to the Pushma Kamal Dahal Prachanda-led government, PTI reported. The government, which was formed in late December of last year, has now lost its majority with CPN-UML withdrawing its support. A vote of confidence might be held within a month with Prachanda now leading a minority government. Prachanda also cancelled his trip to Qatar which was supposed to be his first since taking office in December of last year. On Friday, he was scheduled to depart for Qatar to speak at the 5th conference of the least developed countries. According to the Kathmandu Post newspaper, the formal declaration was made by Ali's CPN-UML following a meeting of the party's top leaders on Monday. In accordance with Article 100, Clause 2 of the Nepalese constitution, a prime minister would once more require a vote of confidence in the event that one or more political parties split or withdrew their support for the government. The Prime Minister would need to call a vote of confidence within 30 days if this were the case. If the Prime Minister loses the vote of confidence, he or she will be removed from office. PM Dahal of Nepal will once again have to take the floor test by March 26th. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow.